0: Welcome back to One Stop Shop. Let's get right into this episode. We got a lot to talk about today. A lot of different crazy shit going on in the sports world. Let's start off with Jake Paul fighting Tyron Woodley, former five-time UFC welterweight champion. They're going to fight August 28th on Showtime. This is honestly probably going to be a shit show. Someone's getting knocked out and Tyron Woodley is a friend of Ben Askren. So they're former college teammates at Missouri. So he's trying to avenge that loss and he was sucking shit to Jake Paul before his fight against Ben Askren. And now they're actually going to fight and this is going to be Jake Paul's biggest test like overall in his boxing ventures. Fighting a former UFC champion who actually has a good chance with his hands. Tyron Woodley definitely is known for his wrestling abilities, but he also is known for his boxing abilities. Inside the octagon when he was a UFC fighter and obviously he just got let go by the UFC so This is his first fight outside of the UFC, and it's a boxing match against Jake Paul. Honestly, it's a good opponent for him. It's kind of a step up. I mean, like, at the end of the day, he's doing what he's doing, and he's making money doing it. So, just like this weekend when Logan faces Floyd Mayweather in Miami. Yeah, I honestly, I'm just, like, intrigued by that fight. Like, it is an exhibition. It's eight rounds. But, what if? I mean, like, it kind of seems like Floyd and Logan kind of have terms about it. Like, I don't know if Logan's going to be able to, like, knock him out unless he, like, lands an uppercut on him or lands a hook and knocks Floyd's head off. But, like, you know, these fights have definitely become something that's just, like, an entertainment aspect, almost. Like, it's kind of like a circus. I've heard that on a lot of different podcast and shit that we're covering the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight they think it's like circus and like Jake Paul fighting in general they don't like think it's like the best representation of boxing and obviously boxing is a old-time sport it's been around for hundreds of years at this point and it's definitely a good thing and a bad thing, depending on how you look at it, is revitalizing the sport and it's getting more eyes on the sport of boxing. And it's definitely going to make younger kids who may never have heard of boxing and they're a fan of Jay Paul, it might help them get into the sport and create a lane for younger athletes so that's definitely a good part of it i would just say that the negative aspect is just his persona but like that's who he is as a person so that's obviously made of money being controversial and shit so i'm interested obviously a lot of people tune into the fights i mean like i'm not paying for this shit but i'll see it on youtube but that was announced today. That's enough of that. Tonight the Brooklyn Nets face Celtics in game five in Brooklyn. And the Nets can close out the series tonight in front of their home crowd. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden. Get the job done and close out a surging Jason Tatum who's had a very impressive series. Jason Tatum's really elevating to the next level and becoming a superstar and a household name. But I think that the Nets are going to be able to get it done tonight. Obviously, they're up 3-1 in the series, and they've been playing pretty good. And in their last game, they were able to mount a comeback. They were down a little bit and ended up winning by a large margin against the Celtics in Boston. And obviously, all the controversy that happened, after the game with the kid that threw the water bottle at Kyrie and got arrested. So, like, my thoughts on that, like, I've gone to many games in my life and I've honestly, like, never seen someone try to throw something at A player like even in anger. I mean, I understand that Kyrie is hated in Boston for the way that he acted when he was a Celtic and just leaving. But you know, Kyrie did go to center court and he basically just like wiped his foot on the Celtics logo. So this one fan, he's a twenty one year old kid, probably drunk, threw a water bottle and got arrested before it. And he's gonna actually have to go to court. So think twice before you throw something at a professional athlete. Cause you will get arrested. <laughs> or just kicked out of the game and banned for life and if you're a diehard sports fan, I don't think you want that. Like, that's probably like a very painful experience. Like, it's like you can't go see the Celtics play again. Like, ever. It's like your name is on file now. That must suck. And something else that sucks is how the Knicks played this past weekend. I obviously touched on this already, but you know. They play tomorrow night At the Garden They're gonna need the fucking energy Because I don't know What the hell got into the Knicks They're playing great Leading up to the playoffs And they just look like They're flat right now Julius looks like he's exhausted From the season I hope he's not hurt But his mind Like It doesn't look like he's all there right now. And obviously, if he can't get into rhythm, he's not going to be able to knock down shots. And if he can't knock down shots, then we're not going to win the game. And right now, we're down 3-1. So it's a never-say-die type of attitude tomorrow night from the Knicks. And he's not the only one that needs to step up either. RJ Barrett needs to step up, and we need Emmanuel quickly to actually get the minutes that he deserves off the bench and let him actually shoot the ball because, like, he's a spark plug for their offense off the bench. And one of the things that the Knicks definitely messed up on, I mean, Tom Thibodeau likes to switch it up every so often with the rotation of who's out on the floor But, you know, Derrick Rose was definitely the leader of the second team throughout the season. So when he became starter in this series, this kind of messed up the late game energy because they wouldn't have Derrick Rose out on the floor. And he's obviously the leader of the offense as a point guard and leader of the team in general. So. Not having Derrick Rose late in the game out on the floor was definitely a detriment to the Knicks' loss in Game 4. But hopefully the Knicks are going to be able to contain Trey Young and stop the three-point shooting from Kevin Hurt and Bogdanovich. And they need to stop Clint Capello from just, like, completely dominating on the inside, getting into the paint, and just scoring. Like, he is a dominant player. He obviously is taller than most players. So the Knicks are having a really tough time playing defense. And obviously, if you don't play good defense, they're going to score a lot of points and go up and win the game. So if the Knicks lose tomorrow, the season's over. So hopefully Julius gets a good night's sleep and is able to go off tomorrow night. And the Knicks will have an opportunity to at least get closer in the series. Going down 3-1 is not what we wanted at the beginning of this shit. Like I said, we won the season series with the Hawks this year. And it kind of seems like they underestimated their ability a little bit. And they really need to step it up. I don't know what the hell they're doing. They're kind of second-guessing most of their shots, and they're holding off too long and looking for a complete, Open shot. And that's kind of costing them when they're hesitating and end up missing. So one of the unsung heroes of the Knicks roster this whole entire season who has been huge for them getting the rebounds that keep the game alive, Taj Gibson, longtime NBA veteran Brooklyn native, and he's been really big for the Knicks. He keeps us in the game sometimes when we need a couple possessions and to get the ball back. So he's definitely been one of the key players for us. And then Alec Burks, obviously, he goes off from time to time. Knocks down most of his shots. He's been big for us this series. And too bad the Knicks couldn't capitalize on some opportunities. Obviously, the first game was a close one. And, yeah, we could have been in the series, but that's just how sports work sometimes. And, yeah, that's that. Definitely destroyed my mood over the weekend just because like this is the first time in 8 years that the Knicks are actually relevant and they were in a great position going into the playoffs and I feel like that the opportunity is just wasted and obviously they're going to be able to build off of this but it just sucks to see because we just want the Knicks to be able to Move on. Sorry. A little tired. And, uh, yeah. I really want the Knicks to make it to the next round so I can actually go to a game. But, you know, I don't think that's going to be a reality this season. But I really want to go to a playoff game this year. So I'm going to have to settle for a Nets game or something. So, yeah, even though I'm not a Nets fan, being able to see some of the best players in the world is definitely an experience. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie, and Blake Griffin. And all their key players like Landry Shannon, And then you got Claxton off of the bench, good young player. He's going to have some potential in the next couple of years. The Nets are honestly they are an unstoppable team, pretty much. They remind me of the Miami Heat back in 2012 when they had LeBron, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. And obviously the super teams of the past, like the Celtics, when they had Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce and Rondo and shit. Like, when there's an opportunity to create a super team, I think superstars will most likely want to do it just because of the better chance of them being able to win an NBA championship. And that goes for all sports. I mean, like, good athletes want to play with good athletes. And then great athletes want to play with great athletes, and then they can make it happen if they have enough leverage and good agents and shit. And most likely they have similar agents, and then that's how players land on teams and shit. And the Nets are going to be a good team as long as they can keep this team together. And it seems like they get along pretty well. And we're starting to see that there's a new face of the NBA, and that's in Brooklyn. Even though as a Knicks fan, I hate to say that. I hate that. The Knicks are the face in New York, but the Nets may become the face of the NBA. I mean, obviously they have three of the biggest superstars in the whole league on the same team so they're definitely becoming like a national kind of franchise that like on a nightly basis you check in on because it's kevin durant and then you got james harden and kyrie but that's enough basketball Hope the Mets beat the Celtics tonight and move on. Also tonight at 9 o'clock on NBA TV, the Portland Trailblazers take on the Denver Nuggets. That series is tied at 2. And then at 10 p.m. on TNT, the Lakers and Phoenix Suns go at it. That series is also tied 2-2. Two to two. Game five of that one, LeBron looks to go up on the road, and the Lakers were obviously my pick of who I wanted to see in the NBA Finals out of the Western Conference this year, and the Nets were my Eastern Conference pick, so the Lakers need to keep winning. And Phoenix is obviously one of those teams that emerged this year. Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they've really created a good team. And they score a lot of points. And they're definitely one of the tougher teams. And they have a good future as long as they can keep Devin Booker and Phoenix. I mean, like, the Knicks definitely would want a player like that when it comes time for free agency. But 10 o'clock tonight, the Lakers look to go up 3-2. And this has been a really intense back-and-forth back, back and forth kind of series. Anytime LeBron's in the playoffs, you know that there's going to be that intensity. And there was a stat the other day that LeBron's never lost in an opening round series in his career. So he looks to keep that alive. And that's pretty much it for basketball news around the NBA. This weekend we got a USC fight night after we didn't have anything last weekend. Jarzinho Rosenstreich facing Augusto Sakai in a heavyweight main event. This is going to be a great fight. Two future contenders in the heavyweight division. Rosenstreich obviously known for getting viciously knocked out by Francis Ngannou in like five seconds. But he is a future title contender. And we also got Walt Harris. Facing Marcin Tabora. This is a stacked heavyweight card. And then Santiago Ponzinibbio against Miguel Miguel Baeza in the welterweight division. That's going to be a good fight. And Dusko Todorovic facing Gregory Rodriguez in the middleweight division. And Tom Breeze, promising prospect, taking on Antonio Arroyo in the middleweight division. Seems like there's a lot of middleweight and heavyweight action going on on this card. This is a pretty good card. And then you got Montana De La Rosa taking on Ariani Lipski in the women's flyweight division. They're always looking for a future. Title challenger for Valentina Shevchenko, and obviously, like, she's untouchable in that division, so they always look for new challenges for them in that division. So that's going to be a good fight. Then the Canadian prospect Tanner Bowser facing Alir Latifi in the heavyweight division. That one shouldn't last too long. They should be knocking each other out of on that one. And then there's a few other cards, but that's pretty much it. And then the following week, June 12th, we got Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori, too. Israel Adesanya fought Marvin Vittori in his first UFC fight. And he obviously won via unanimous decision, but this is going to be a great rematch. Adesanya obviously coming off the loss when he moved up in weight to the light heavyweight division when he faced Jan Blahovich a couple months ago, and he's still the middleweight champion. Twenty and one on his career, Marvin 17 seventeen, four and one. Should be a go fight. This is an awesome card. Davison Figueiredo. The men's flyweight champion. Fighting Brandon Moreno. This is a rematch also. This happened earlier. Last year. And. It went to a draw. So. We're looking for a definitive winner. Brandon Moreno is definitely. Capable of beating Figueroa, so looking forward to that one also and then this fight got moved a few cards this was supposed to happen at UFC 262 Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz the return of Nate Diaz hasn't fought since he fought Masvidal for the BMF Nate Diaz, one of my favorite fighters ever. Leon Edwards is definitely on the rise in the welterweight division, obviously. After his last fight, the eye poked Bilal Muhammad, who's also on this card, fighting Danny and Maya. Wow, that's a crazy fight. That's going to be a very entertaining fight. Also, in the welterweight division, Bilal Muhammad, obviously, there was nothing he could do about his last fight when he got poked in the eye by Leon Edwards. Ended pretty quickly. And nothing you can do about that. So he got a good fight in his next one. Against the legend Damian Maya, who's 28-10 and 10 on his career. So that's going to be a great main card. And then on the prelims, you got Drew Dober, who just lost to Islam Makachev. He's facing Brad Riddell, who is one of Israel uh, Sanya's training partners at City Kickboxing. And then we got Darren Stewart. He's a savage in the light heavyweight division facing Eric Anders. That's going to be a great fight. And Lauren Murphy for. Oh shit. Lauren Murphy against Joanne Calderwood. These are two veterans of the women's flyweight division. Joanne Calderwick has definitely become a future title challenger for Shevchenko. She's been on a hot streak lately. And that's pretty much it. other than that, we need that energy in Madison Square Garden tomorrow night for the Knicks. I do not want to see the Knicks go down to the Hawks. We're definitely better than that. Julius, we need you, man. RJ, we need you. Tom Thibodeau needs to come up with the game plan, and they need to execute. And that's been it. For this episode, I'll see you guys soon. Peace out.